You're hearing the Echoes podcast, and I'm John DiLiberto. Today I've got two artists at opposite ends, Nicola Godin and Nanum. Nicola Godin is one half of the influential French band Air. Earlier this year, he put out his third solo album, Concrete and Glass, with electronic pop songs that originated in an ambient architectural art project. I talked to him in quarantine in Paris. Then I've got Nanum. That's the ambient chamber music project of John Solo. He plays with artists like Angus and Julia Stone and Brett Denham, but on his own, his music is more Oliver Arnold's. We talk about his journey. This is the perfect music to chill your vibe out during these pandemic times, and it's exactly the kind of sound you'll hear at Echoes Online. That's our subscription streaming music service where you can stream two-hour Echoes programs on demand and get exclusive online Echoes streams. And you can do it with your mobile device via the free Echoes app, which you should have by now. Right now, we're offering a special Corona rate. Go to echoes.org, find out about Echoes Online. And now, let's visit Corona Quarantine, Nicola Godin of Air. French band Air was one of the dominant electronic pop groups of the 90s and into the aughts. Their retro electronic sound, coupled with cinematic pop songs, influenced so many bands, including Daft Punk, Zero Seven, and Massive Attack. But while the band still tours, they haven't released a new album since 2012. But in 2020, co founder Nicolas Godin has released his third solo album since then, Concrete and Glass. It's music that goes back to his roots, not as a musician, but as an aspiring architect. I'm speaking to Nicola Godin on Skype as he travels from one room to another in his Paris home. I expected him to have a home studio. No, it's my son, my son home studio. My, um, I got my recording studio five minutes from here, but uh, right now it's the lockdown, so... Not sure I'm allowed to go there. It may be his son's home studio, but the Fender electric bass headstock sticking up behind his left shoulder and the Fender Rhodes electric piano behind him mark this as the home of Nicolas Gaudin. Like a lot of the world, he is under quarantine in Paris. His family were victims of the pandemic. My daughter and her mother got the, got the virus, and, uh, but it's, it's gone now. They, they got through it pretty well. They had kind of a fever for three days, and, uh, and that's it. That's good news, but the quarantine did short-circuit Godin's ability to promote his new album, Concrete and Glass. It's a recording that will have a familiar feel to fans of air, but much of the sound is a bit different.
Nicola Godin's concrete and glass actually began as something else, an architectural art project created by the French artist Xavier Vion called Architectones. Vion used music, light, and sculpture to stimulate new perspectives on Richard Neutra's VDL Research House in Silver Lake, California, Pierre Koenig's Case Study House Number 21 in the Hollywood Hills, and buildings designed by Le Corbusier and Mies van der Rohe, among others. Speaking from his home in Paris, Xavier Vion. Yes, it's called Architectone, and it's named after a series of uh, sculptures by uh, Malevich, which are connecting the idea of architecture uh, and sculpture. The futuristic modernity of the homes was amplified by Vion's sculptures, which sometimes were standing nudes and others much more abstract and geometrical. But he felt he needed the added dimension of music. When it comes to uh, feelings and to space, uh, I think music is very important because it reaches you in a way that I can't get access to with my visual means. He selected Ayers Nicola Godin for a few reasons. For one, he already knew the musician and had designed the cover for Ayers' Pocket Symphony album, creating sculptures of the duo. But he also thought Godin had a particular sensitivity for architecture. Nicola is very much into architecture. His father was an architect and is very interested in the in the space and even the name of his band Air is. Uh, significant in terms of uh, connecting to space and to vibration of this space. Godin actually visited all the homes and soaked up the atmosphere for his music. On the cover of Concrete and Glass, you can see him standing in one of the houses, like one of Vion's abstracted figurative sculptures. He hears music in the architecture. When I looked, I looked at a film, a movie, I can't imagine a soundtrack, and if I looked at a house, I can't imagine a soundtrack the same way, because the the house has got a lot of information. So for example, if you see these houses in Los Angeles, they are part of the pop culture, you know, and um, the landscape and the environment, the culture of the country. So the feeling that you have when you step inside these houses, when you step in, in a house, it's like stepping in a song, you know. Architectones was not the end of this music, however. Remember when Godin said that stepping into a house was like stepping into a song? He turned his more impressionistic works into the electronic pop tunes of his album, Concrete and Glass. When it was finished, I had all these melodies and chords, and I decided to transform them into songs, but uh, I wanted the songs to be listenable without knowing anything from the origin of the project. And, because I think music has to be exciting and sexy and I, I don't want music to be pretentious or intellectual, you know, I, I love sensuality, you know, so I really, I just use these melodies and, and these chords and I, I give them to some performers, some singers and I, I ask them to find ideas on the top of it and 
I try to I want people listen to the album without knowing anything about architecture or modern art you know Godin took his architectural melodies and reconfigured them into concrete and glasses retro electronic pop sound. One of the tracks is drawn from his driving experience to homes in Los Angeles. I took the car and I and I and I put the address of from one house to another house and I drove and I recorded the informations while I was driving. So this is this song is the journey from the one house to another house. That's that's all. It's very simple. Although most of the songs are not related to architecture, some use architecture as metaphor, like the border. Inspired by Bauhaus architect Mies van der Rohe, it has lyrics that sound like a mantra. It's a very simple song with very simple chords, but for some reason I love it because, I don't know, there's a, strain, there's a strong uh, energy in it. And uh, it's about Mies van der Rohe because Mies van der Rohe is the guy who invented the future in terms of architecture. When he did this pavilion in Barcelona for the, um, for the exhibition in the 20s, you know. Basically, it's a song about a visionary person who asks some people to join him to create a new world. But there's also a bleaker worldview that informed the song, the sad state of refugee immigration here and abroad. When I was recording the song, there was this big uh, crisis of migrants, people who were crossing um, the, the Mediterranean Sea to go in Europe, you know, and also this thing in between the USA and Mexico, you know, and also all this, it's, it sounds like all this information were uh, turning into this same, uh, this same uh, inspiration, and I, this song came very naturally because of that. I couldn't end this interview without asking Godin about the future of air with his partner in the group, Jean-Benoit Dunkel. Godin is happy with the legacy air has left and doesn't want to, in his words, insult it with new music. It's a risk to make a record if you don't do a record as well as the old ones, you know. 
Because the air is like uh, there's a legacy and we don't want to insert that legacy, you know. I think the world needs people make great records. I don't think people, I don't think the world needs air to make great records because we've done it already, you know. I don't have a lot of uh, good records from bands that I like that after three or four albums, you know. Nicola Godin continues making music even without air. His latest album is Concrete and Blast. There's also a book, the Xavier Vion's Architect Tones. You can add Nicola Godin's Concrete and Glass to your collection. I'll have a link to it in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. That's where you'll find all kinds of great stuff about Echoes. Once again, echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. And now, here's Nanum. John Solo is a journeyman musician. He can be found backing several other rock acts and also records as a singer-songwriter under his own name. But John Solo has another life that puts him in a completely different musical world as Nanum. John Solo is in the Echoes studio, having just completed what would be the last live Echo session before the corona pandemic forced us into quarantine. He's sitting in the midst of a small keyboard arsenal that includes a Mellotron, a Prophet 6, a Fender Rhodes, and a Grand Piano. This is part of the sound he's used to record as Nanum, a name taken from a canyon in central Washington state where his family would go fly fishing. This music puts Nanum squarely in the ambient chamber music mode. That's not where John Solo is usually found. He spent most of his professional career backing rock and folk musicians like Brett Denon and Australia's Angus and Julia Stone. John Solo is also a singer-songwriter in his own right. That's John Solo from one of his solo albums, but in preparing his next recording, he took a different path. I was getting stuck in my head of like, I wanted to make a new record, but I knew I didn't want to sing on it. And initially I thought I was going to make some sort of jazz record. And then 
I just started hearing other influences around me and I was like, this is some really good music out there. And it just, it, I really like caught onto it really quickly and I was like, I'm gonna do this. What he was hearing was a new generation of ambient chamber music composers. I started listening to Nils Fromm a little bit and that really got me going. And then I heard Oliver Arnold's as well and, and um, Rice Boy Sleeps, that record with Yonzi and Alex and all those records really influenced me. The results of those inspirations turned into his debut album as Nano. John Solo didn't arrive at this music out of nowhere. He grew up destined to be a classical musician. His mother was an opera singer. I did start out playing classical piano um, from four years old to basically 18. He studied jazz in college, but that got short-circuited by rock music. But you know, it was like, the grunge era, so I was in I was in Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, all that stuff. Started a band. I picked up the guitar because I was like, nobody's playing keyboards in bands right now. So, you know, it made more sense for me to play guitar and um, grew my hair out a little bit. Like, I was gonna say, you look like you could still be from that era. Yeah, oh great. <laughs> I never left it. Yeah. Solo's straight brown hair falls well below his shoulders. It was while on tour with Angus and Julia Stone that he realized his new sound might have an audience. Right away, when I was in, the, when I released the record, I was on tour with Angus and Julia in Europe, and um, Julia really liked it, and she was like, "Hey, you should just maybe open for us." Like we, they already had an opener. Like go out and play like 20 minutes before the opener, and I was playing like in these huge places, and I couldn't believe it was happening. I just wrote this music and all of a sudden I'm playing, people were listening to it and like as if it was real, you know, and I was like, they don't know that I just came up with this. Nanum's 2019 album, Life Cycle, is an ambitious work that not only employs keyboards, but a choir. Solo heard the choir, led by Matt Morello, singing at a church in Brooklyn, where he lives. A few years ago, I saw um, this choir singing at a church at a Christmas party, actually, and um, it was just really cool sounding in that church. I was like, wow, I want to make a record that sounds like this. And I ended up recording his choir at a party one day with my iPhone. And then I was like, hmm, I have this on my iPhone. Let me just plug it into Pro Tools and see what I got. And then it sounded great. So then I started making some songs. 
Solo did a more high-quality recording of the choir in a Greenpoint church, but didn't just have them singing straight and add instruments to it. He digitally sliced and diced the choir's performance. Just chopped it up, moved things around, like pitch shifted it, um, slowed it down, sped it up. It didn't sound like I was like recorded this choir beautifully in a space, and I already knew that I had to do something to kind of make it more that analogy kind of trippy sound, and so that's why I ended up doing those things to it. He didn't even know what the songs were or what they were singing. There's like lyrics and stuff, but I don't know what they're saying. He said they're traditional songs. I don't think they're any of them original, or maybe they are. I never really asked. As Nanum, John Solo has a fragile sound. Melodies hang like wisps of cobwebs on frameworks that are muted and dust shrouded. That's even more evident in his solo piano work. He's just released the album Narrative, and you can hear every creak of the piano. In a recording situation for years, it was always trying to get rid of all that. Like, oh, I heard a noise in the background, get rid of that. And now it's like, no, no, leave that in. Because before I'm moving to my new studio now, I basically record out of my apartment. So you can hear in all my records, cars are always going by. There's so much sound in there, but I always felt like that kind of added to the record, you know, like a lot of ambient music to me is about hearing the world. Solo also uses the felt under the piano hammers technique. It's a sound employed by Oliver Arnold's Chad Lawson and many others now to mute the strings. I just recently found that it's called the Celeste pedal. And it's the middle pedal and you push it down and you slide the pedal over and it locks this piece of felt in front of the, the hammers. I was playing, I'm like, wow, this is like really beautiful. And I started recording with it. That's kind of how this whole thing came together really was the piano. John Solo's classically inclined mother was a little disappointed when her son decided to be a rock musician. Oh man, I will have to say, I think she's still in the back of her mind, like, he's gonna do it again someday, I know he is, you know? But yeah, I think she was a little bummed, but she's happy for me. But she might be even happier with his direction as Nanum. <laughs> 
Nanum's latest recordings include Life Cycle and Narrative on the Electrophone label. If you want to add Nanum's Life Cycle or Narrative albums to your collection, I'll have links for them in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. Once again, echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. On the next Echoes podcast, the return of Kevin Brahaney Fortune. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for dialing up the Echoes podcast. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or online right now on Echoes.